Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. And uh, I'm super excited for this evening. We're going to be concluding our facts series, our frequently asked question uh, series with the question that is, what is my calling? What is my calling? Uh, in, in the years that I have been involved in youth ministry, which is nearly five years now, which makes me feel old, um, uh, I have been asked this question in one way or another more times than I can count. What is my calling? What is God's will for my life? What is my purpose? Why have I been placed on this rock that is flying through outer space? What is my significance? What am I supposed to do with my life? And all the rest of the questions that we have that really when we boil down all of those questions, the question is, what is my calling? Now, I'm going to be looking at answering that question. And my goal for this, for this evening is not so much to answer the question, but to equip you to be able to look for answers to this question. So I don't think that I could sit up here and and give you one, this is your calling, and I don't even know if I could confidently stand up here and say, this is my calling, but hopefully by the end of this evening, we can be confident in one way or another what God's calling may look like and definitely what it will not look like. So we're going to be looking at a bunch of passages of Scripture. Uh, If you guys could, the best way to follow along is on the uh, YouVersion Bible app under events, the Factory Youth. That's probably the best way to follow along. Um, And we are going to be trying to do something with this question. Um, But before we get into it, the way that I am going to be approaching the evening is through this lens and this idea. That calling, God's calling for your life, it comes from your identity, and your identity comes from the voice of God. Okay, So calling, God's calling on your life comes from your identity, and your identity comes from The voice of God. This idea is illustrated in the life and the ministry of Jesus as recorded in the four Gospels at the beginning of the New Testament. If we look uh, at Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 16, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry on earth. So Jesus was about 30 years old before he started walking out in really his God given calling to, to teach and to do miracles, and to do signs and wonders, and ultimately be crucified. He began to walk in his God-given calling uh, at around age 30. And this is at the beginning of that. He goes into the wilderness to to meet a friend, John the Baptist, who who is going to baptize him. And uh, Matthew 3.16 says this, When he, Jesus, had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Uh, Dang, I should have given you 17 as well, my bad, Um, where it says, oh gosh. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, the voice of God saying, This is my beloved Son 
in whom I am well pleased. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when he is baptized, the sky opens up and the voice of God comes down from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, if you read through the rest of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find very often when Jesus is speaking about the reason in which he came to earth, he calls himself the son Allow me to to show you. In Luke 19.10, Jesus speaking, he says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that of which was lost. Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. John 8.42, Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me For I proceed forth and came from God. I have not come of myself, but of he who sent me. John 5.43 says, I have come in my Father's name. Whenever Jesus, very often when Jesus spoke of his purpose for coming to earth, he spoke in light of his identity as the Son of God. And his identity came from the voice of God the Father opening up heaven and speaking it over him. So as we look to try to discover and figure out what in the world we're supposed to do with our life, we need to understand that our, our calling comes from our identity, and our identity comes from the voice of God. Let's pray, and, and we'll try to, to answer this question. Father God, I thank you so much for this evening. Lord, I pray that as we, we focus and look to your word to... Uh, to, to figure out your calling on our life. Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd fill this place with your spirit. Lord, help us to understand and to, to hear and to see you this evening. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just be my voice or my ideas or my, my sermon that I prepared, Lord, but it would be your voice speaking to us deeper than our ears and our mind, Lord, that you'd be speaking into our heart. Lord, fill us with your spirit as we, as we receive your voice this evening. Pray that you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I believe the reason why we have such a hard time trying to figure out, should I do sleeves up or should I do them down? I got to stop fidgeting with them. Up? Okay, I think I'm going to be fidgeting with them more then. They're going up. We have such a hard time with with finding out God's calling or God's purpose or God's will or God's plans in our life because we have a a very bad understanding of our own identity. If we want to figure out what God wants us to do with our life, we first need to understand who we are. Before we figure out what we are to do, we need to know confidently who we are. And I think the reason why we have no idea who we are is because we, we look for uh, the definition of our identity in all the wrong places. We, we have a, a super skewed view of how we figure out who we are. Uh, a lot of it comes from what other people think about us. People think that we're, we're the funny guy. And so now we feel this pressure all the time to be the, to be the funny guy. And sometimes you just don't want to be funny, but you're the funny guy. 
That, that has been the problem my whole life, and I am trying to outgrow the funny guy, but it doesn't seem to be happening, so, so pray for me. I'm serious. I am very serious. It's okay. But we, 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 we look to the definition of our identity in, in all the wrong places. Most of the time, our identity comes from who, who we are or who we used to be. What we used to do or what we currently do. We, we, we find our identity in, in the things that we do, our interests, the, the type of music that we listen to, the friends that we hang out with, the type of hobbies that we have, uh, and the type of shows that we're in, the relationships that we, we are in, whether we're, we're, we're have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it is, we place our whole identity on, on who we are or who we used to be. And if we want to figure out our identity in God, we don't want to look at who we currently are or who we used to be, what we used to do, but we need to understand how God views us and God ha- looks at us in the future. There, there's this this kind of weird idea that, that we've been talking a lot about on Sunday mornings, that there's this reality when we start walking with Jesus, that we instantly, when we, when we place faith in Jesus and we start walking with Jesus, when we accept Jesus in our hearts and our sins are forgiven, we become holy. We become holy instantly. But then we're also in this process of becoming holy. That we are holy, but we're also becoming holy. If we want to know our identity, we need to not look at maybe what the world says about us or what the culture says about us or what our parents or what our, our family members or our friends says about us. But we want to look at the pages of scripture and, and know what God says about us. In, in the pages of scripture, we find our our truest identity, because it isn't based on what we do, but it's truly based on who we are. The problem that we have is that we think our identity comes from what we do. That's not the case. You are more than the the hobbies that you have. You're you're more than than the music that you listen to. You're more than your relationship status. You're more than, than your fleshly desires. You are deeper and bigger and greater than that. But our view of identity is almost solely based on what it is that we do, where God's identity, the way that he looks at us, is truly who we are. So if we want to discover our identity, point number one is discovering your identity. We need to look at the pages of scripture, the word of God, allow God's word, the the heavens to open, and for God to speak into your life so that you can truly understand your identity. And first and foremost, our identity is found in Christ. That if we want to figure out the, the call of God in our life, we need to figure out, we need to understand that our identity is in Christ. And, and we need to place faith and have relationship with Jesus. You will never be walking in God's given, God's calling on your life if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. 
You can wander around and you can do whatever, and maybe you'll have a good life, but you'll never walk in God's calling on your life if you don't have relationship with Jesus. But in Christ, we are granted the identity that is not based in the now or the was, but is in the future. In Christ, we are, we are chosen, we are holy, we are blameless, we are sons and daughters, we are in his will, we are accepted, we are beloved, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are given an inheritance, we are sure of our salvation, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, we are made alive, and we're created for good works, and that's all in Ephesians chapter 1. And the rest of scripture is giving us more of our identity. That we look to the pages of scripture to find out who we are created for good works in Christ Jesus. We, we tend to look all over trying to figure out who we really are when it's all found in the person of Jesus and in the pages of scripture. I'm sure some of you guys, as I was reading off all of those things, you were like, well, yeah, you say that I'm holy, and you say that I'm chosen, you say that I'm blameless, but I'm, but I'm not. And that's okay. That's fine to think that. You're like, wait, I actually am, am not holy. I'm like, like pretty messed up. Like, if you heard half of the things that, that went on in my mind you'd be like, that dude's not holy. <laughs> or if you found out that the, the way that I live, some of the things that I do that no one knows about, you would not say that I'm really walking in God's will for my life. But the way that God sees us as we are in Christ, we are, we are holy, we are chosen, we are blameless. That is our identity. Our identity from God is not found in, in what we do or in what we did, but it's in who God is making us to be. Our identity is found in the process of becoming the you that God created you to be. Now, as we understand our identity and we begin to walk in the goal of becoming who it is that God has designed us to be, then we start to figure out our calling, because discovering your calling, it comes from your identity. Point number two, discovering your calling comes from your identity. If you would turn, uh, is this making sense? Yeah. We're good? Everybody's tracking? Okay, great. Uh, if you would turn to Mark chapter one in your Bibles, and um, this is a passage of scripture where, where Jesus, he, he was baptized and he began to do ministry. Now here he, he begins to assemble kind of the Avengers that are going to work with him. He, he goes around and he starts picking people who are ultimately, we know them as the 12 disciples of Jesus. He, he starts walking around and, he, and he's picking people that are going to come join his team and start helping him accomplish the work that, that God has created him to do. And in it, we see Jesus call some of his disciples. Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And as he, Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, 
he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. The first aspect of our calling is responding to the invitation to a journey of becoming. Discovering your call, if you want to write it in your notes, A, you say you are called to a journey of becoming. Walking with Jesus is, is something that will, we will never be, like, done with. We will never um, be, be grown up and, and not need the Bible and not need a relationship with Jesus. There is never, like, achievement unlocked, you beat the game, you unlocked all the bonus skins and stuff. I don't know, on Skate 3, you could do, like, the Xbox 360, like, achievements so it's like you did a grind for like however long, and it's like, you get the achievement. And some people, like, they beat all the challenges, they do all the achievements, and then you're just like free to skate around in the one character that was a T-bone steak. Any Skate 3 fans in here? 2010 video games? No, all right. Walking with Jesus is, is never something that it's like, uh, achievements unlocked, you're done, you're, you're grown up, you can just kind of free for all and, and you've figured it out. But our relationship with Jesus is a journey of becoming who we are in Christ. God says that, that we are holy, that we are blameless, and that we are perfect, and that we are walking in God's will, but then our whole life is pointed in the direction of becoming who Jesus says we already are. And we need to be committed to, to following and walking with Jesus for our whole life. And as we, we walk with him, we start to become more of who God says that we already are. So first off, the call of God on your life is to re respond to the invitation of the journey of becoming. Jesus to his disciples, he says, he says follow me and I will make you become. Following after Jesus, he knows where he's taking you. He knows exactly who you are to become. He knows exactly what you are to do. And when we start following after Jesus, seeking to, to figure out how we can live in the identity that Jesus already says we are, we begin the process of walking in our God-given calling. So the first thing that we need to do is respond to the invitation and understand where Jesus is taking us to. That we need to point our life in the direction of, of who Jesus already says that we are. So we look and we say, okay, I am holy, I am blameless, I am perfect, but I'm not yet. I am, because Jesus said that I am, but I look at myself and I'm not yet. 
And so then we start to look in, in, inside or self-evaluate and identify things that are within us that we need to surrender to God. There's kind of two aspects of, of surrender if we're talking about war. There is one, there's the waving of the white flag. Like, please stop. I'm done. I surrender. And then part of surrender is the process of the conqueror coming in and starting to make this area of land live like their empire. There's the surrender. Oh, please stop. I'm done fighting. I'm over it. And then there's the process of the conqueror coming in and making them live like the empire. And maybe you, you understand, I am not holy, I am not blameless, I am not perfect. And so you, be, you need to begin to self-evaluate and see the areas in your life that you need to wave the white flag. I'm done. I'm done fighting against God. I'm, I'm done holding on to, to this temptation or this sin or, or this activity. I am done. I need to surrender that to God because I know that's not part of his will. But then there's things that you need to look inside yourself and see and say, Okay, this isn't bad. We just need the, the conqueror to come and occupy that land. And we need to surrender that aspect of ourselves to God. Because look at what else Jesus says. When he called his disciples in Mark 1, he, he says, uh, He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting their nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become Fishers of men. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture because of this idea that I'm about to share with you. That you are called to be a surrendered you. God doesn't call you so that he can change everything about you. And that you, you, you are completely different. Your personality is different. Your interests are different. Uh, your, your talents are different. Uh, the way that you, you have friends are different. The, the way that you talk to people. There's some things that God calls you for because he wants you to do it. Jesus says to him, he says, he walks by them. They're casting their nets because they're fishermen. And then Jesus says, well, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. There was something about the, the way that the, these guys were, that they were fishermen. Maybe it was some sort of quality about a fisherman that Jesus wanted. Maybe it's the fact that they were patient and, and, and that they would sit out on the water and they would, they would try and they would try and they would try and maybe they would come home with no fish caught. And maybe that is the quality in these people that Jesus wanted to follow after him because as they communicate the gospel, they are trying and trying and trying and trying and maybe no one responds. Maybe that's why Jesus wanted fishermen. But there is a part of these people that Jesus saw and he says, I want them because of the way they already are. And there is a unique quality about you that God wants you to surrender to him. Not so that he can change you completely, so that he can change your interests, so he can change your hobbies, so that he can change everything about you. But when you surrender things to him, you begin to walk in your calling. As you start walking in this, this long journey of, of trying to become who Jesus already said you are, 
God called you for a reason. God's perfect plan and will for your life is not, is not hidden. It's not a secret. He, he doesn't want you to feel unsure about yourself for the rest of your life. He doesn't want you to, to always be like, oh, gosh, I, I don't know if I'm anywhere near the will of God for my life. I had a conversation with someone a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about this idea of, of God's calling and God's will, and there was kind of this like light bulb moment in the conversation. And he said, he said, wait, God's will for my life isn't just like one road? I was like, no, not at all. But, but the will of God for your life is one, oh gosh, is one direction. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> the, the, the will of God is not one, one, ro- like, one specific thing that everything you do has the opportunity to mess it up or, or to get it right, but the will of God is one direction. It is this road of becoming. And when we focus ourselves and we fix ourselves on who God says that we are, and we say, I know that I'm not that yet, but every decision that I make is in the direction of who God already says that I am, we begin to walk in our call. When we say, okay, I'm going to choose this school because I am in the road of becoming holy and becoming perfect, and I am a son or a daughter of, of God the Father. And as I make this decision, it's to become more of a son or a daughter. It's to become more holy. It's to become more perfect. And when we focus ourselves in the direction of becoming who we truly are, we begin to walk in our calling. For uh, about five years, I was a, a barber. I worked at a barber shop. And um, cut hair, did the haircuts, um, made people's hair shorter, and they left. And that and that was that was my job, and and I loved it. Um, when when people came in, oftentimes they would show me a picture of the haircut that they wanted. Um, one instance, this guy sat down. He had hardly any hair at all, just like balding, just just sad, honestly. And and he showed. He shows me a photo of David Beckham. And I was like, don't think I can do that. But absolutely, you're paying me, so yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn you around. I'm going to say, this looks just like the photo. You look so beautiful. Um, but, but people sit down in, in the chair, and they show me a picture. Uh, most of the time, it's David Beckham or uh, Patrick Mahomes or uh, Harry Styles. And I'm like, I don't think I can make all of you look like this, but I can make some of you look like this. And, and, and so they show me the picture of the haircut that they want. And the best was when someone came in with like long hair like mine, and they would show me a picture of Harry Styles or whatever, because it was just like a fun transformation. But people would, would sit in the chair, and they would show me a picture, and maybe their hair looked crazy. Maybe it looked like mine, and they wanted to look handsome like, like Mr. David Beckham. And if I, if I got a haircut like that, my mom would probably love me because she loves David Beckham. <laughs> um, but, but they sit down, tons of hair. They're, they're showing me a picture, and I'm looking at the picture, and that's not what they look like. 
but hidden within the hair is that haircut. Hidden within, like, all of this hair is actually a pretty nice haircut somewhere. And, and the, they would show me this picture of what they wanted to look like. And then me, as the barber, it was my res- responsibility to, to section off the hair, to cut certain pieces off, to lift it to a certain angle, and, and to start this process of, of discovering the haircut that they want that is already there. Now, because I, I know how to cut hair and I know what the picture looks like and I know how to do it, then I have confidence in every decision that I make while I'm doing the haircut that I am becoming more, the, the haircut is becoming more like the haircut that they showed me at the beginning, right? It's like my hair looks crazy, but I want to look like Harry Styles. So I start sectioning the hair and I start removing hair and I am confident because my goal is the haircut that they showed me. Now, we may look at, at our, our identity being in Christ, and we, we understand that we don't look like that, that that's not who we are, that on our inside, we are, we are sinful, and we are broken, and, and we, we need help, and we, we start this process of, of, of becoming, and we start to uncover what was already within us. And so as we start walking in this process with the help of Jesus, he says, I will make you become, we start to uncover and we can be confident in every decision that we make to start walking the way that Jesus already sees that we are. I'm going to close in a second. Worship team, you can come up. Some of you guys, though, you're hearing this and you're like, okay, I can just do whatever I want and I can be confident that that it's the call of God on my life. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if you are not in Christ, you will never walk in God's calling for your life. If your goal is not to live the way that Jesus sees you, you aren't walking in God's calling for your life. And what we need to do is we need need to realize that the decisions that we make and the goals that we have and our motivations behind those things need to align with our identity that is found in Christ Jesus. That, That the call of God is for us to be wrapped in Christ, to be completely covered by by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God. And as we make that decision, like Psalm 37 says, that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us the desires of our heart. That we can have confidence in in the decisions that we make, in the schools that we go to, in, in, in the jobs that we have, in the relationships that we, that we begin, in the friendships that we have, in, in every decision that we make, we can be confident that it's God's call because we are focused on moving in the direction of becoming the person that Jesus says that we are. That needs to be our focus. Is, is I am not there yet, but I am in, on the journey of becoming that I'm on the journey of becoming who I already am. And when that is my focus and that is my goal, then I'm walking in the calling of God. It's not that we do whatever we want, but that we have the confidence to make our own decisions when we're fixated on walking in the direction of Jesus.
The process of discovering your identity is that we need to, we need to look and see, are we living in the identity that is rooted in Christ? And if we aren't, we need to surrender ourselves to Jesus. And as we do that and we, we start walking down the road of, of, of becoming, then we, we just say, well, what are my interests? What are, what are my talents? What, are, what am I good at? What are my desires? Because God has called me uniquely. God has placed things and given me gifts and given me talents and given me passions that when I surrender them to Jesus, then that's, that's my call. And then we need to ask ourselves, what opportunities do you, do you have in these things? And we, we start walking in the direction of, of who Jesus is. And we have confidence in who we are because we have confidence in who Jesus says that we are. I wrote this long thing, and my goal is hopefully that it just gives you a little bit of clarity to start beginning to uncover who God has created, created you to be. That your calling in Christ is the gospel. To allow the message of Jesus to completely change your life and to let the word of God change you from the inside out. Your calling is repentance to live repentance, turning away from sin and pride and selfishness and lust and start to walk in the direction of Jesus and to encourage others to do the same. Your calling is love, agape love, love without limits and without boundaries to love your neighbor intentionally and to love your enemy graciously. Your calling is to serve, to lay aside your preferences and your desires for the sake of someone else and uh, being comfortable. To lay your life and ambitions aside so that you may walk in the ambitions of Jesus. Your calling is to worship, but not just like how we worship with our voice and with music, but to live our life in the effort to glorify God in everything that we do. We, we point to the edification of God and the message of life that is found in Jesus. Your calling is to be a child of God, to live in the house of the Father who gave it all just to have you near. And even though we don't deserve it and we never will, we now try to get comfortable in the house as his children. Our identity is found in our relationship, who we are becoming and who he has made us to be. So the question then should not be what is my calling, but where can I live out my call? That we already know our calling. Our calling is to be sons and daughters, perfect and blameless and holy and spotless and redeemed and forgiven. Our calling is to be that. And so when we start walking in that direction, it doesn't matter what we do because God cares more about who you are than he does about what you do. But God also cares tremendously about what you do. Because if God didn't care about what people did, David would have never been anointed king. Moses would have never brought people out of, out of uh, Egypt. 
Gideon would have never delivered Israel. Samson would have never delivered Israel. Peter would have never walked on water. Paul would have never written scripture. Jesus would have never sent to the cross. And I would have never come up here and talked in front of all of you guys. That when we surrender our life to Jesus and every decision that we make is fixated on the call of God, then we don't have to wonder what it is. We just need to wonder where we're taking it. And so we walk into our schools and we are bold that that's our calling. We walk into our, our household that is, that is dysfunctional, that is crazy, and we are bold that that is our calling. There shouldn't be questions, what is my calling? But the question is, where can I take it? When we are committed to the journey of becoming, you have confidence in every decision that you make.